everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your host. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. And this is our second episode with Bethany back. So I'm glad um, glad she's back. I hope you enjoyed our... Uh, enjoyed's a strong word. I hope you made it through <laughs> oh, our first man. episode back. Um, I kind of blew her out of the water with a really rough one. I promise today's is not as rough. I know I made that promise. So... This one's a little bit lighter. This one's a good little mystery for everybody out there. So um, enjoy. Buckle in. Just a little business to take care of. First of all, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a follow on social media over at Instagram, which is Bayou underscore Chronicles. We'd love to get connected with you, hear your thoughts about episodes, and keep you kind of in the know with a lot of exciting things that we are planning right now. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. We're going to get ready to do a new Twitch episode. You should be seeing that soon over on said social media pages. And uh, we'll let you know what we got going on. In the meantime, I'm going to make this a short and sweet intro since we can get going into this case. I really do like this one. This is definitely a fun one for me as well. I will preface this. Bethany is presenting, but I have done a lot of research on this topic. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, is a topic that I know. So yeah, so I'm just going to pass the reins over to Bethany and let you jump in. So yeah, I'm back, y'all. Well, last episode, like Crystal said, and if you guys listen, I was here. But for the first time in two months, um, I'm the one presenting. And it kind of feels a little weird just because I was out of the routine of it but I'm back and I'm here and I want to just take a quick moment I know I said in the last moment to just thank you guys I was gone um because I did have a death in the family I know Crystal talked about it a little bit and it just means a lot and I was very sad to be away because I very much look forward to doing this it's my passion it's Crystal's passion we just generally love being together and just talking and doing research like this and I was very proud of her she did an amazing job and the podcast just like went smoothly it was like I wasn't gone even though I was and I missed her I know she missed me mm-hmm. um but I love listening to her and Tyler I said that on the last episode I thought it was their first episode together yeah, was hilarious Actually, me and my mom uh, listened to it um, when we were driving back and forth to visit my loved one in hospice, so that was kind of comforting. It was hilarious. It was actually our most downloaded episode ever in the first 24 hours. What did it get, like 40 downloads? Something like that. 40, 45, so that was awesome. So, and it kind of wanted me to talk my husband into recording an episode with me. Do it. Maybe the next time Crystal and Tyler go out of town or do there something, we'll plan for me and Zach um, to do an episode. But, y'all, I would seriously have to censor the entire episode because. Oh my gosh, it would be so bad. Um, ah. My husband is, even though he's in the Air Force, he's definitely a sailor. So I'm <laughs> I'm gonna um, dive on in, and it's conspiracy week this week. Last week we did like a big, not really a big case, but our typical true crime. And today's episode we're talking about DB Cooper. Um, I don't know if a lot of people actually know about DB Cooper. I know it was trending a little bit on TikTok. Um, I've 
personally seen tons of stuff on TV about him, and oh, I've yeah. known about him before, but some people might not have ever even heard. If you haven't, that's okay. You know, but yeah. Um, you should. It's just basically the mother load of conspiracy is short and sweet to the point. It is still deemed today the biggest mystery in FBI history, which is incredible to say because mm-hmm. normally when the FBI puts out a profile, they find that person. So take that, you know, into consideration. And we're going to try and like along the way find out who this mystery man is. And the man that purchased a plane ticket under the alias Dan Cooper, um, actually DB is not even, there's like no like paper trail of anywhere. They say yeah. that some kind of wires got crossed when they were yeah. communicating. I remember in a, um, like a documentary that I watched on HBO, actually, if mm-hmm. you haven't watched it, it's really good. They said that a news person misheard when they mm-hmm. said Dan Cooper and yeah. they just put, they D-B. said D.B. Cooper and then it stuck. So it stuck, but really the alias, the plane ticket, it was paid in cash, um, mm-hmm. was purchased under the name Dan. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going off of. But do like, do we really think that's his real name? I don't think I it mean, is. I mean, it would be, that'd be stupid. Uh, right? Like, first, I mean, we've had some pretty dumb people yeah. on, the, on the podcast that thought they were really smart, and they really were complete idiots, but like Crystal said, you'd be extremely dumb to use your actual name when you're doing something like this. But before I get started on this ridiculous topic, I just want to clarify that I am deathly afraid of flying, and I say ridiculous because... It's something that happened and it did happen, but there's so many theories and loopholes and side stories and fan pages and websites, people that have made up ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. So, but I unfortunately have had to do a lot of flying due to my husband being in the military. My first ever, I did not fly at all in my life until I was 19, and that's when me and my husband were moving overseas. So, for my first flight, I flew a total of 24 hours. Jeez. All together, going from Florida to Guam. That sounds so, miserable. Yeah, I've done some flying. I hated all of it. 10 out of 10 don't recommend. I've done it a lot. I just recently did it to fly home, but I hated every second of it. But. <laughs> and I love to fly. Yeah, Crystal loves to fly. Whatever. I don't know. Does Tyler like it? No. He doesn't mind it. Yeah. He's like. Zach always sleeps. Yeah, I sleep. He is that person that can fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I will pass out. Like, as soon as we get on the plane, I'm like, good night, and I go to sleep the entire time we're flying. Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> Anyways, but serious question. Who it's wakes... Just Zach and our twins. Like, you really are in our time. Just like today, yeah. I picked up Taco Bell, and she put the order, and I was like, mm, that's Zach's order, and that's not what he would get. Like, he <laughs> has to have no sour cream like me. So I had to text and message and be like, are you sure he, you know, I need to put no sour cream on oh, that, right? This is why we need each other. Yeah. But anyways, who, this is serious, who wakes up in the morning and says, I think I'm going to use a plane as leverage for money? Dan Cooper. Yes. D.B. <laughs> Cooper, the man, the myth, the legend. I mean, what I mean, what happened to traditional robbing bank? Going in, ski mask, gun wearing. I had a theory about this. Okay. And my theory is that around this time when he did this, there were a lot of air hijackings happening. Yes, there were. 
So I think he just says, hmm, it can just be looped in with all yeah. these other ones and no one's going to be the wiser. And yeah. that's why he did it. Like, he, I think he thought he was being smart. It's also the 70s, though. Like, people weren't really, like, I mean, there were hijackings, but I don't think anybody was expecting, like, this no. to happen. No. But, I mean, I know there was a lot. Like, there again, were. in the documentary, like you said, yeah. there was, like, there was a lot of There was. Time. And there's more after, yeah. too. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But, um... Okay, let's set the scene a little bit. Let's put a little vibe down. Let's, you know, paint it's a picture. It's People yes. smoke everywhere. Oh, my God, yes. Everywhere, on the plane, yeah. not in the plane. Cigarette and a scotch. If you didn't have that yeah. in your hand, you were not cool. Anyways. I know, couldn't have survived in the 70s. No, I hate cigarette. I'm an I old lady. Shit. I'm an old like, lady. I hate in cigarette. Your yes. I hate the smell of it. It burns my eyes. You're killing yourself. Yeah. Anyways. It's November 24th, 1971, and a man using the alias Dan Cooper, like we said, purchased a one-way ticket for $20 using cash. <laughs> I mean, God. And it was with Northwest oh, Airlines. That's like cheaper than Spirit. Oh, man. <laughs> it blows my mind because I literally just purchased a one-way ticket to go home, and it was $200. But how much was $20 in 1971 compared to today? You think about that. Probably too. equivalent. So probably I do talk about that later. I did do some math and stuff to, mm-hmm. like, talk about we'll get there but yes it's, it's probably, probably equivalent it's yeah. probably equivalent. but just saying twenty dollars but yeah like that's crazy yeah i don't know and it was flight 305 the flight took off from portland oregon and was scheduled to land seattle washington and it was funny because when we when crystal talked about wanting to do this case and i was like oh i'll do it i'll type it up you know mm-hmm. i know you're busy and we were literally just talking about a good friend of ours that moved back to oregon yep. she was here with us in louisiana and she went back home to oregon and it was just so funny that we got this we decided to do this case and that's where we are talking about and it was so weird because tyler and i are planning on going back, back to both yeah. of these two places yeah because we love it so much and I'm we're jealous. convinced that we want to move there yeah and y'all didn't like voodoo donuts did you I don't, it was okay. okay it was better than the other donuts that we had um people rave about it so they were much. good they were good they just weren't up to I, par they, i mean god i'm just Overhyped. letting y'all know like southern made and crispy cream they're two totally different donuts the Southern May just hits the spot like no nobody Krispy else. Krispy Kreme is my place. Krispy Kreme's amazing. Or Dunkin'. I will be. Every time Tyler and I go to a Krispy Kreme now, you get a free donut if you're vaccinated. And I've never shown my little vaccination <gasps> card so fast. I'm oh like, I'm vaccinated. Can I, get a, can I get a donut? And they oh give me one. Oh, my God. She's out here getting free donuts, y'all. I mean, hey. I mean, I got to go use it for something yeah. and get a free donut. Yeah, but it's just crazy how we were talking about these things and they always seem they to, always like, seem to manifest right like another crazy thing is my due date was jo- with Joseph was November 24th. Oh, that's crazy. And it's just, I don't know. Like, that's weird. This little, you it's know. little meant to be. He wasn't meant born on that day, but I was just like, that's crazy. And this was a lot before he was born and I was born. But, um, yeah. Those, uh, this, was all, this was before your mom was born. Yeah, my mom was born in 1975. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, crazy. We just your mom. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, mom. She's going to listen to this. Her and my brother listen, you know, every episode. So, I'm sorry. Anyways, it's just funny how that matches up. And immediately once entering the plane, um, Dan 
asked for a bourbon and soda. That's pretty That's common. A weird, interesting choice. Yeah, it's pretty common mm, though. I guess you know, He's in nervous. Drink, yeah, a lot of people drink to calm their nerves. In his case, he was nervous because he was about to hijack a plane and threaten to blow it up. Yeah, and what was funny is when I was reading this and doing research. I mean, I already knew a lot of this info, but the flight that I took recently home, the person sitting next to me was heavily intoxicated did i tell you that no oh my god okay yeah that was a fun flight i'll just do a little side story so i was going home for a funeral and i was already super anxious I hate flying i was doing the typical grabbing my seats you know uh-huh. and the dude next to me like sounded like boom power from king of the hill <laughs> I couldn't understand him, and we were wearing masks, uh-huh. you know, and he was super drunk, and he was telling me, I'm from Fort Walton Beach, Florida, you guys already know that if you listen to our episodes, and he was coming from Texas, and was gonna go party with some friends, and he was already drunk, and I was like, and he was wanting me to, like, help him figure out Uber like how uber works oh my god was he young or old no he was like probably in his 50s oh my gosh yeah and he was super up. we were getting off the plane and he like stumbled and almost fell and i was like i'm sorry sir like i can show you how uber works but i was like my brother's picking me up so like i'm gonna go meet him at the baggage claim but yeah it was anyways weird times weird it was weird and i was thinking about this because i was like maybe he was just super nervous flying and had a couple of bourbons and sodas like dan cooper and he just had one too many yeah but anyways continuing the mysterious persona by ordering a stiff drink to seem cool um he just kind of kept, kept up this, you know, this facade that he was, you know, mystery, mystery man. man. You know, picture trench coat, fedora, you know. If he had a cigar, he probably would have been smoking it. Um, but the flight takes off as planned at 3 p.m. The mystery man wearing the trench coat, you know, mysterious. And briefcase slipped a note into the pocket of the flight attendant when it was actually when... He ordered the bourbon and soda, and she was bringing the drink back to him, mm-hmm. and that's when she slipped the note. And she probably, like, thought it was a napkin or, like, trash to throw away. Or even his number. A number, yeah. And she, like, really, like, did not pay him any mind. Um, she's probably used to it, people passing her number yeah. all the time. So, he's like, okay, she's not immediately reading this note. And he was like, you need to look at the note that I just handed you. I've got a bomb in my briefcase. You better take me seriously. What? Absolutely like, not. Like, can you imagine? I laughed. I think my my reaction would have been laughter. to laugh. Yes. Yeah, nervous I laughter. I was like, that's funny. Good because one. Because you don't think, especially in the 70s. I mean, now today so much has happened with like 9-11 yeah. and, and other hijackings and stuff. But it's definitely not something that you just like, you're not going to immediately think someone's serious. Because no. it's kind of like that whole situation that... You kind of subconsciously in your mind think that bad stuff only happens to other people, people. never yourself. Yeah. And so, yeah, if someone said, you, ma'am, you need to read that note right now. Or and I'm, then I read the note and it said, I have a bomb. 
Yeah, and he says the I'd famous. Like, he says the famous line, "Or I'll do the job." Yeah, that sounds so like '40s mob boss. Yes, and this is the '70s guys. Like he was very much living mystery man, mafia <laughs> boss vibes. Um, but I do give it to him. He put a lot of thought into all of this. Um, the flight attendant really, you know, like I said, she was like, "Dude, I'm just trying to work. I got you your bourbon and soda. Yeah. You're already being needy." Um, and he actually had her sit next to him and because she still was like, not even when he was like, I have a bomb, she was still like, okay, okay, (laughs) I'm going to go tell the pilot, but he had her sit next to him. And then this is when he opened this mysterious briefcase that he carried on the plane with him. And I mean, I thought it was weird. Actually, when I first research i was like briefcases like Mm -hmm. who who carries briefcases but this is the 70s so i feel like that was pretty you know common they don't use them as much now and inside the briefcase were several sticks of what looked like dynamite attached to wires through the eye she was probably like oh my god he's being serious he's legit yeah he's gonna do the job Like, I'd be freaking but, out at this point, because mm-hmm. I would have, like, sunk in that it was serious to me at this point. Yeah, and you gotta imagine, like, her adrenaline probably started pumping. That's pretty frightening. You're like, this dude's bothering me. But then he shows you a briefcase with mm-hmm. an actual bomb. So, Cooper immediately started making his demands. I mean, like, this dude was, like, not playing around. He wanted $200,000 in cash by 5 p.m., um, which is actually when the flight was scheduled to land in Seattle. Okay. So that was just two hours after they had taken off from Oregon. It was a short flight. And he also wanted two front parachutes and two back parachutes. I'm going to be honest. I am no knowledge at all parachutes. I did not know there was a difference between a back and a front mm-hmm. parachute. So apparently from when I looked it up, I was curious about the same thing, is that basically it's like, it's the parachutes. Like, so when you're parachuting, you usually have two on your body. Mm-hmm. Like you have one reserved one just in case the first one breaks. Off, yeah. And that's basically what he was asking. That's what I was assuming, but I like just didn't, I don't know. Yeah. My mind was not putting that together. Yeah. And this part has always been strange to me because, I mean, me and Crystal are sane individuals. We, well, partially, we probably have a little insanity. But I can't imagine jumping out of a plane. I don't know. Oh, I can't Crystal. wait to skate, Scott. Right, she's crazy. I'm going to be honest. Oh, literally, a, a motivating factor in losing weight was getting under the weight limit to skydive. What's the weight limit? Like know. 220. Honestly, I've never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, it's like 2.20. And I was like, um, I just need to get under that because I want to skydive. Like, yeah. it had literally been a dream of mine to skydive forever. Wow. Well, like, I'll I just watch... want to jump out of a perfectly good plane and plummet towards the earth. I will watch from the ground. Okay. And I'll be like, yeah, I love adrenaline, though. Mm, Anything mm-mm. to get my heart pumping. But I, I mean, no. Anyways, I will not be jumping out of planes. And he wanted the $200,000 in $20 bills. So stupid. That's a plus lot. Just a lot of money. Just do $100 bills. Anyway. I guess maybe the only thing I could think of was that 20s are easier Easier to to get into circulation. Yeah, that's what I have in my notes. I mean, he's probably thinking that's the most common bill. And when you think about it, that is probably the most common bill is the $20. Um, 
unless you're like my grandpa like he for some reason only likes to carry hundreds around big spender i don't know if he carries cash which he really does but it would be suspicious if you're just walking around buying stuff with just hundred dollar bills when you know people know across the country that a plane was just hijacked so that's kind of smart he was smart and once the flight actually landed in Seattle, um, all the passengers were allowed to get off. There was 36 passengers to be exact. Um, I looked that up just purely because I was like, um, I was just imagining everybody on this plane freaking out because they had to have like caught on to what was happening. Well, I actually read that a lot of the passengers didn't, didn't know, know what happened until after, after they got off the plane. That is right. Some of them knew, like the ones that were sitting around Cooper obviously knew because they saw him like and interacting heard, yeah, yeah, and saw the briefcase. But a lot of them, like Crystal said, actually did not know until they got off the plane and like the police and the FBI started notifying them and like asking them yeah. questions. So... And the money was brought onto the plane along with everything else Cooper had asked for, you know, like the parachutes and whatnot. And food. And food, yeah, you wanted food and whatever, random stuff like that. Um, but he kept at, he kept adding on stuff. He was demanding more. And just like we just talked about, imagine the fear those passengers felt after getting off, having no idea, and then seeing all this happen. Oh, I like mean, the FBI waiting outside their plane and police and all that going on. And you know that someone on the plane was sitting there thinking, what did I do wrong? wrong. Yeah, like, like, or like uh, thinking back to something stupid, stupid that they've done and thinking yeah. that the police were there for them. Like, you know, every single person was like yeah. freaking out freaking out and within minutes the plane was refueled and they were off and headed to mexico city as requested by the mysterious trench coat man dan cooper for some reason he picked mexico city like they still to this day have no idea why he said that you can correct me if i'm wrong on this but wasn't isn't there like there wasn't enough like gas to get to mexico city so they had to, like compromise on refueling Fueling. in like reno or something yep okay yeah i couldn't something remember else, but i know that the end that des- destination in destination was mexico city yep that's where he ultimately wanted to go so um the pilot wasn't allowed to fly above ten thousand feet as requested by cooper and i had a small panic attack thinking about jumping out of this plane like literally typing all this up, researching it and watching documentaries and all the videos and the theories. And this is absolute stupidity or determination to get this money because you are literally risking your life jumping out of a plane for two hundred thousand dollars in cash. And it just blows my mind. And the sketch that they end up making of Cooper I put this in my notes because it was cracking me up. Looks like a character from Men in Black. <laughs> I never thought about that till now, but yes. That was my first yes, thought. Does. I went, because I was watching a documentary and they showed like a brief one. And I went to Google and I just typed a Dan Cooper sketch and like went to images on Google. And I was like, this is an actual episode of Men in Black. Um <laughs> And it was like a typical business suit. That's not that uncommon. A lot of men in the 70s. Not ten. Now you only really see like, you know, special events for like lawyers and stuff. Men wearing mm-hmm. suits. And while they were on the way to Mexico City, he put on these like really cliche black sunglasses. Yeah. Men in black. 
Yeah. You're going to sit here and tell me that he's not a member of the Men in Black. Um, was he abducted by aliens when he jumped out? Maybe he didn't parachute down. He was just... I mean, nobody was in the... Beat me up, the, Scotty. ...the area when he jumped out. All the yeah. flight attendants and everybody was in the cockpit, so... Um, yeah, was this man really Tommy Lee Jones? And if you don't know who Tommy Lee Jones is... Was Tommy Lee Jones even born in 71? Yes. Okay. I don't yes. know how old he is. They're around the same age, oh. supposedly from, like, the characteristics the flight attendants give to the sketch artists they'd be around the same age <laughs> okay um but tommy lee jones is actually the main character in uh men, men in, in black. black so for those of y'all that are know they're probably young and probably have never seen men in black if you've never seen men in black watch you're it you're not missing anything i like um crystal's weird anyway. i just only ever seen the first one but everyone was obsessed with it growing up and i was like y'all are obsessed with this movie and it ain't that the great, second one but... is way better than the first but anyways um, because Tommy Lee Jones is the first person that I thought of when I saw the sketch, but, and I'll have to have Crystal upload one to Instagram, and we'll put the sketch of Dan Cooper and Tommy Lee Jones and Men in Black next, <laughs> next to each together. other, okay, I'll do that. and get everybody's opinions. Anyways, so remember they landed in Seattle at 5 p.m. Well, around 8 p.m., the plane was approaching Reno, Nevada, like Crystal said, uh, because they were slowly starting to run out of fuel and db cooper actually jumped out of the back of the plane like the back um latch door um below the plane so crazy weepy. and none of the flight attendants knew like they were kind of like being cautious and he kind of like slipped away mm. into the shadows and made his escape somewhere over Rio, Nevada. Um, carrying the cash, of course, I mean, we can't forget that. That was the whole whole point. Whole, whole point of this, you know, charade. And one of each parachute. So he took one front parachute and one back, like we just all learned today, there's front and back parachutes. And I also learned, I don't see this in your notes, so I'm going to say this, but did you know that of the four parachutes that were given to him, um one was like a military style yeah i talk about it later on and then one of them was completely yeah like didn't work at all yeah the dude in the fbi knew what he was doing yeah. I, I would talk about it a little bit later but Sorry, yeah i mean just what that no 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 really i mean that, that is like, gonna yeah i mean that is i honestly did not think of that i was just like assuming that he knew what you know he was doing but the, the fbi dude was he was pretty he was on top of it um but do you remember the scene on snakes on a plane where they open the like i think it's the exit door or whatever uh -huh. to try and get some of the snakes out um then a part of the plane ends up opening up because so much pressure and everything that's what first came to my mind of him like opening the back door and then like jumping out. That's I don't know. It's just instant stress for me. Like I was panicking inside. <laughs> second hand stress, you know, like second hand embarrassment. I had second hand stress for Dan Cooper. Um <laughs> and even watching snakes on a plane I get second hand stress. But I mean they were under ten thousand feet, so that's not as high as you normally fly. And I'm assuming less pressure. I don't know. I'm pretending like I know a lot about flying in the air and stuff and pressure. But in my mind, I was just thinking, you know. He didn't it, get sucked out. Yeah. I mean, I would think if you're flying, that like, opening the door would just, like, 
Well, I mean, from what I understood, though, that the part that he jumped out of is that, like, rear It is. It's go- yeah. And that's yeah. how he used to get onto the plane. Yeah. And so from what I understood or I got from it, like, they would have had to depressurize yep. the cabin. cabin. And yeah. then once that layer, like, once that, like, happened, yeah. he would be able to jump out. Yep. I don't know. That's just how it made sense to me. So I don't know. Again, I'm pretending that I know no. what it's like to fly. Yeah. I, we're completely just coming up with stuff on the fly right yeah. now. Yeah, basically. We, I never yeah. said I was an expert. But obviously, as they should, the FBI immediately began opening a case. I mean, somebody just Duh. freaking yeah. jumped out of a plane with $200,000 in cash. So I'm. it's just... it's Yeah, anyways. Back in 1971, that was a lot of money. Remember, Crystal was wondering about this. That $200,000 in 1971 today in 2021 would be $1.3 million. I did some math on this. The dollar, Yeah, the dollar has seriously fluctuated since then. So this is like a rough estimate, but it's around $1.3 million today. So think about that. That's insanity. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Like, my grandparents built their house in 1979, and they spent $50,000 on it, So, which was actually, as we know, $200,000 is $1.3 million yeah. today. So, that put perspective for me. Yeah. But when I did that, I was like, oh my, because I was like, $200,000? This dude's doing all this, risking his life, jumping out of me? That's a no for me, bud. Yeah. But $1.3 million, I might consider it. Yeah. But, you know. But still. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, anyways. But today, can you imagine that today? He would not have even made it through TSA. I mean, oh, with no. that briefcase. Heck it's, no. it's. I understand why it's so hard, but, like, going through TSA is such a headache now. You have to take your shoes off, empty everything out of your backpack or purse if you have all electronics. God, I remember flying when you didn't have to do any anything. Of that. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyways, they just... You know, but in the beginning of the case, there were just no solid leads at all. They had nothing to go off. This man literally got away with no trace. And, of course, a bunch of impersonators and dozens of letters were sent in to various news outlets, a few of them being well-known, the Washington Post and the New York Times. Everybody knows both of those. Um, and nothing ever really came out of it. A ton of people were impersonated. There were so many impersonators. I'm D.B. Cooper. Yeah, I'm D.B. Cooper. Cooper. And his name wasn't even D.B. Cooper. It was Dan Cooper. Like, they didn't even have the name right. I'm Dan Cooper. Yeah. The FBI literally at one point had almost 1,000 suspects. It actually ended up being a little bit more than that. It actually being a little bit closer to 2,000. Um, suspects during the end of it. It was a very long case. It's actually still going on today in 2021. And let's think about it. This started in 1971. That's a um, long time. Yeah. But at this point, it had been roughly 10 years. So this was about 1981 since the mystery man jumped out of a plane with $200,000 in cash the sketch was so vague even though the flight attendants described him to a t and um 
I mean, they did what they could, and they gave a really, really good description, but he looked like every middle-aged white man in America. (laughs) So, um, it was hard. But the flight attendants being Tina McLow and Florence Schaffner. Schaffner? 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 Schaffner. Florence, I'm so sorry. Something with an S. I think it's Schaffner. Schaffner. Um, but they sat down both of them in different times as, with the sketch artist giving almost identical sketches, um, which is amazing. And they went so far as to describe Dan Cooper as being about 5'10 to 6 feet tall. Okay. Um, and they said he actually had like dark brown hair and they gave a couple other descriptions. Hmm. But like I said, that Pretty could be normal guy. every white male in America. So... <laughs> Not much to go on. However, the sketch, like I said, it just didn't bring any. It didn't bring any leads, and he had pretty normal attire. He had a suit on with a trench coat and like penny loafers. So, I mean, weird, boring guy. Yeah, basically. Um. So, and why I mentioned the ten years is because a few years later, um, around the area that. Cooper actually jumped in Nevada. A father and his son were actually camping at a campground out there, kind of offset, not very many people out there, and they found some cash, and the serial numbers actually matched up with the missing money, and if you don't know, every piece of money has a serial number, and normally in these situations, they keep track of what was what, so they know, and if it's ever found... And I only think it was like two thousand mm-hmm. dollars that the uh, little boy and his dad found, and some of it was actually like, just like ripped and torn, and it was all stuck together. Stuck together and kind of. It was like a whole bundle. If I wasn't. Yeah, it was yeah. a bundle, and it was just stuck together. But they never found any other evidence around the surrounding area, and they searched it for a very long time. Um, but that is literally all that they have ever found of the money ever. Nothing else. No other serial numbers have popped or made hits since then. Um, and let's jump into the weird parts. And the kind of made me lean towards the pilot being in on it. And this is I've just... I've never even thought about the pilot being in on it. This is just one of my theories. Okay. So, we're going to talk about my theories. And then I'm going to talk about all the weirdos out there that I've made some off-the-wall theories after this. Um, after the exchange, Cooper only insisted he wanted to be taken to Mexico City. Like I said, he didn't give a reason why. We have no idea. I mean, it's Mexico City. People run away. They normally pick some kind of area like that to run away with their winnings and their money. And William Scott, which was the pilot for Northwest Airlines, chose the route they took Cooper. Because, like I said, he wanted to go to Mexico City, but he told the pilot he didn't care which way he went, which route he took, just as long as he ended up in Mexico City. Suspicious to me. Mm. Especially when Cooper ended up jumping over Nevada. But how did he know he was over Nevada? Okay, so, two parts. So, I was always under the impression that he knew where he wanted to go, but the pilot said, no, we cannot go that way because we're not going to be able to get clearance because you have to get clearance where you're going to fly so you don't hit another plane and this was the only way he could it could be and i was also i always thought that cooper knew was like was some type of military person because of the fact that he told a flight attendant at one point while they were like up in the air like he literally like said that's 
blank, blank, blank down there. And, like, we could see and tell what a part of the area was just by it saying It could be that. because... So I kind of always just thought that even if it was him just... The pilot just took him a random way. I always just kind of felt that Cooper was like, well, jumping here is better than better than nothing. I thing. thought that too until the parachutes. Yeah. Because there's a part that we're going to talk about parachutes that make it pretty, not obvious, but kind of makes you lean towards he had no knowledge of parachutes or anything like that. Okay, I'm ready for but it. But I was with you on that. I was like, he has to have some kind of training, some kind of knowledge. I even thought at one point maybe he himself was a pilot uh-huh. or knew the pilot. Like I said, I kind of felt like the pilot was in on this. And he randomly jumped a destination that he has no idea. Or like Crystal said, he could have he known to the pinpoint yeah. where he was. If he was a pilot, like Crystal said, he would know where the clearance he could fly, mm-hmm. where the pilot that is flying would take. That mm-hmm. would get him close to Nevada. He would know how much fuel was in the plane and where it would more maybe start to like. And he out. would have known that hey, this this plane, because you know like some planes only carry enough fuel for mm-hmm. that, or like the type of plane that they're on is a smaller plane. So why would you think that it could possibly go from, you know, Seattle to? Yeah. Mexico City. That's a long And flight. how do you know? They also could have lied and not refueled the plane all the way. You never know. Exactly. There's yeah. so many things. There's so many factors. And, like, I mean, another thought is maybe he just wanted to make a new start with the cash wherever he landed. So he just opened up the back and just jumped. Yeah. And was like, wherever I land is where I start my new life. Mm-hmm. So it's hard because we don't. The person still has not been caught. We don't know anything. There's no lead. So it's kind of like we're all just sitting here theorizing. Yeah, it's all we're doing. <laughs> But let's talk about briefly the number one most popular suspect, Richard Floyd McCoy. His name is just literally like interesting to say. Richard Rich Floyd, Floyd McCoy. McCoy. It literally reminds like it, it flows. Yeah. But his hijacking is eerily similar to Cooper's happening in April 1972, which is what, like six ish months later mm-hmm. into the new year. And I really just can't fathom someone pulling this off and then less than a year doing it again. I don't know. That's just very ballsy. That first, Cooper pulled it off. And then two, another person or the same person like a lot of people thought does it again for the second time six months later. It just seems very suspicious. Yeah, I mean. Like, why would you, if you got away with it once with that much money, why would you need to do it again? Because the first thing that popped in my head is the copycat. Yes. It's way too similar. It's to the T similar. Nothing's different. Nothing changed. She didn't stray with, and I mean, all of this, if you did careful research yourself, you would be able to find all the information. So this one's kind of a conspiracy because it is a conspiracy. We don't know for sure. It's not a fact. Um, and I mean, we're not sure, we still don't know where the original Dan Cooper is today, so there's no way for us to say it's Richard Floyd McCoy. And a lot of people actually started a Wikipedia page, and Mm -hmm. a ton of pages, fan pages, Facebook pages, whichever type of internet pages you can think of, there are out there with false information. Because if it is a conspiracy, I'm sorry to say it is false information because there's no way for you to say your conspiracy is the true conspiracy. Yeah, it's impossible. So, 
there's ones where people do zero research and start claiming it's factual and that's the ones that you really need to watch out for and those are like i said just theories just suspects just thoughts just 100 not 100% sure what actually hijacked that plane we don't i mean in 2021 we don't yeah <clears throat> and multiple men actually confessed to being dan cooper on their deathbed this is so, so weird strange to me of all the things to say as your final words to your loved one you want to say i am db cooper there in the documentary that's on hbo mm -hmm. they talked to one of the yep. women did you yeah. watch that one yeah it's the wife yeah yeah and it was she swears like she was and that was the thing to with this all day of them. they she was so like convinced like she is like, why would you want your husband to be the man that hijacked yeah, a plane and like she's convinced and like she feels like everything that she has is proven i mean who am i to tell her that it's wrong but no. like i mean you are wrong ma'am i'm sorry but like because nothing ever came she, of though? it I don't know, but nothing ever, it could be. But that was the thing with that show, is like at the end, you really didn't know because no. every single one of those people had a case that was so fleshed out. But there, it was just more than one. There was like three or four, and I'm like, that's just, I don't know. It's either one I, of them's right or, or none, none of them. them. It's, it's a theory. It's a conspiracy. That's why I said this is the mother load of all conspiracies that we've ever talked about on the, on the podcast. Because... I mean, in the end, people are going to say whatever they want to get their 15 minutes of fame, which is sad that on your deathbed, you're trying to say that you're somebody just to maybe, she's in the documentary, so. Yeah, <laughs> she... I don't know. Anyways, um, the biggest theory I personally believe comes from, I mean, in the beginning, I know I said I thought the, the pilot did it. This is when I really dug into research. This is really what I believe with my mind body and soul um but it comes from fbi agent larry carr he basically believes that cooper didn't survive the fall he thinks he basically died on impact mm -hmm. um he officially took over the case in 2007 can you believe that was 14 years ago no what no <laughs> Like, I know it is, but, like, no. <laughs> I don't want it to be. Oh, uh, yeah. But it makes sense. You got to think, this case has been open since 1971, and he's oh taken God. it over in 2007, so and that was 14 years ago. So that means that this year, 9-11 will be tw the 20th, 20th year anniversary. Yes. Oh, wow. my goodness. I was in my, my <sighs> first, second no, yeah, I was in my first grade in, class. Second yeah. grade class? You were probably in first grade. First grade. I was in third. Yeah, I was in, in my first grade uh, art class when they had us rush oh into the halls God. for that. That's insane that it's been 20 years. Yeah. Which is crazy because I was in Florida. and But for some reason, all my teachers thought, like, the whole country was going to get, like, bombed and everything. Yeah. But, the yeah. The president came here. Yeah. Right after it Yeah, happened. he did. Yeah. Like, but, the base that we're on. Not, yeah. Like, here Barksdale yeah. in this house but <laughs> my house <laughs> it's famous anyways it makes sense for people to think cooper was a trained paratrooper which is what crystal was talking about mm -hmm. um they're trained to do this they jump out at any given moment i mean they macgyver it they can make their own parachute they're gonna make it work they're gonna land boots on the ground but 
Why would an inexperienced jumper plan all of this without knowing what to do? They basically didn't hmm. give him a normal parachute, which is what I was talking about. Uh, one was sewn shut. So one did not even open. It was sewn shut. The FBI agent was smart. The original FBI agent that worked this case that was there when they were making the demands had a feeling that Dan Cooper was not who he said he was. He had a feeling that this dude had no idea what he was doing. I know, it almost kind of makes me wonder, which I've never really thought about it and fleshed it out, but I almost wonder, could this have been a situation that he was forced to do? Hmm? Ransom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe desperate? Yeah. Do this or we'll kill your family kind or of thing, whatever. Yeah. It could be. But that's one of them. Like, they get, remember I said they gave him four. Two front, two back. Yep. One, one of them was sewn shut. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying to think about. If he knew parachutes, I feel like he would notice if one was sewn shut. Because before you jump, you're going to check your parachute. You're obviously not going to open it. That would be dumb. And especially if you were trained, trained in it. Yes. Especially military trained. Um, leaning towards him being inexperienced. Because somebody's going to probably be able to look at it, feel out it, touch it, analyze it, and know that it's sewn shut. The other parachute was military issued. Crystal mentioned mm-hmm. that. Um, and whoever got everything together, like I said, um, one of the original FBI agents, um, he knew what he was doing, guys. This was so smart, honestly, if you think about it. He took a shot that this man had no idea what he was doing and was just winging it. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> it was dark. It was raining, actually, when he opened the back to jump out. Um, which is, you know, perfect jumping out of a plane weather. Yeah. Who loves that? He had a trench coat on, which are really, really heavy. He's got penny loafers on. Just, I'm just loving that you keeps calling them penny loafers. I yes. love it so much. Yes. It's just as great as the World Wide Web. Yep. Penny loafers. Anyways. Um, <laughs> zero control once his foot stepped off that plane into the night sky. This theory is the most believable because how do you explain the money never being used since 1971? Never. Do not use it. Never. What's the point of robbing? What's the point of hijacking this plane and getting this money? The $2,000 was found from the the son and the dad camping, Mm -hmm. but none of the other serial numbers have ever been found or in circulation. It's just weird. You'd think that they would have popped up somewhere right now. They never found his body, though, which is weird. They never found the parachutes. They never found any other evidence. And, I mean, imagine all the traffic in the past 50 60 years flying over they've never seen anything in that area they came out when they found that cache and they examined the whole area like 10 20 mile radius around and never found anything hikers walking by never found a body or anything or any parachutes anything weird nothing seems to add up at all in this case Mm -hmm. like no some theories you might lean towards but nothing ever solid explains every aspect of that theory like, I believe he was inexperienced and died, but where's his body? Where's the parachute? Where's the money? It's a mystery. Unless somebody went out there and found the body and hid it, buried it, took the cash. Like you said, if it was a ransom, and the person that was ransoming yeah. met him out there. 
or I don't know, just never. We could sit here all day and make theories. There's actually a theory in the new Loki show that um, I promise I wouldn't spoil for Crystal, but now you have to go watch Loki. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Without a Paddle? Yes. That's what I always think Think about when I think about... Yeah, when they find his body or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It's probably something... I have a feeling that if the this whole mystery ever gets solved it's gonna be so anticlimactic yeah like well i mean also like the female pilot amelia Earhart, mm-hmm. I mean, she was never found and she was a skilled pilot so i don't know but the case was actually closed in 2016 they were just a lot of time was being spent on it there's been no new leads nothing has risen from it they exhausted every avenue they just kind of were like, what do we do from now? If this Dan Cooper is still alive, he would more than likely be in his 90s today. That's ridiculous. If there, if the description, the age descriptions that the two flight attendants and some of the surrounding passengers gave, he would be more than likely in his late 80s, early 90s today. That's insane. So, because it was estimated that he was in his 30s. Late 30s, early 40s in uh-huh. 1971. Wow. I mean, if he did survive the jump, that is. He'd be an old man. Or he would have passed from maybe old age already. Cancer or something. I could it be one of the people who confessed on their deathbed, deathbed that he did it. But where's the money? Why was it never used? I mean, but I feel like there's so many different ways that you could launder money it could or maybe it was just the thrill of doing it maybe yeah. they never even wanted to spend the money i mean he could have given the money to someone who's just holding money just to have cash and like it's but spent, even if but... you launder it wouldn't the serial numbers pop up somewhere in the system or not something necessarily not not necessarily not if he gave them i don't know, i'm just gonna spitball saying <laughs> that he gave the money to some mob boss and the mob boss gave him clean money in exchange for this dirty money yeah and the mob boss just gets to control that money and then that's true if it stays out of main circulation who's to say that that's true Hmm. yeah well we want to know what you guys think and we have a kid yeah we have a guest special guest my son keeps trying to break into the studio let us know what you think. Write into us. We want to hear all the crazy theories. If you watch Loki, let us know. I promise I'm going to talk Crystal into watching it. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so happy to be back and presenting this case. And until next time. Bye. bye. Tell everybody bye, Joe. Hi. <laughs> <laughs>